Three, two, one. Welcome in Husker Extra Podcast, episode number two hundred one. Uh, I'm Chris. There's Parker. There's Steve. Is this the is this the Lincoln Journal Star Sports Podcast now, or is it the Husker Extra? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, an as yet to be determined name for yep. our podcast. Podcast to be start? named later. Podcast to be named later. We'll call it the that. Nomads. The, the no, we'll call us the Nomads. We're in three different locations right now. The three of us. It is three twenty one p.m. on Thursday, August twelfth. We are halfway through fall camp for the football team. Two weeks from Saturday is the season opener against Illinois. We're 16 days out, which means we're 15 days out from the first road trip together in two years. I am jacked up about that. It's going to be awesome, but we'll talk about that at another time. Oh, we can so talk about that of, later. Yeah. We're, we're just kind of going to take stock here halfway through camp, what we've heard. What we've seen, uh, media have been able to observe the first half hour or so of two practices so far. So we've gotten to see a lot of stretching and light jogging. So lots far. of stretching. Lots of stretching. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, we talked to offensive coaches yesterday, Mario Verdusco, uh, Ryan Held. And Ryan Held, I thought was notable because he talked about, he was asked, you know, race for the number one running back. How's that going? So it's down to four guys. Wouldn't name those four guys. Coincidentally, there were three of those guys, there were three <laughs> running backs uh, brought up to speak to the media yesterday. Marquis Stepp, uh, Gabe Irvin, um, and, um, and um, help me. Savion uh, Morrison. Savion Morrison, thank you. Those were the three. So you have to figure, those three are probably not at the bottom of the depth chart. Those three are probably in the four that Ryan Held is talking about. Good detective work, Baz. That'd be yeah, quite a cur- that'd be quite a curveball if they were if two of those three were out of contention. It's uh, hey, should we, how about should we go ahead, Baz? No, I was just gonna say it would be funny if they just trot out like Cooper Jewett for the first snap at Illinois. <laughs> they call him the starter. And after not letting us after not bring him out. Cooper can run. He's fast. Fast dude. All right. But so they're they making lattes over there or what simple? Okay, so we should say what the deal is. I'm I'm going to be working from scooters most of the next couple months, so I don't, I hope people in scooters are okay. I'm not I'm trying not to talk too loud. I'm naturally loud, but uh, uh, so and if it looks a little little odd and you hear people in the background, I'm at scooters. Uh, yeah, Can I say that by the way. Can I say that. Yeah, it's fine. You just did. Sure. It's so it's fine. Um, Free shout out. We, we, Sponsor us. Yeah, Scooter, sponsor the podcast to be named later. We should, a lot of you probably know this, we're moving out, the Journal Star is moving out of its current location uh, at 9th and P. Uh, Friday is our last day uh, to officially be in the building. We have to be out by Friday tomorrow. So we'll be, as our, we're waiting for our new space to, to get built out, we'll be all working from various locations around Lincoln, whether that's in Scooters, whether that's in our homes or various other locales. Um, this is something we often joked about on the road. We'd like to cover a football game from a different location. The football game is actually being played. So like covering the Oklahoma game from Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've joked about that. Yeah, be, We're doing it. We got to do it. It'd be so much fun. This is So this is basically a, a trial run of that. So we're just we're doing our Journal Star podcast, not at the Journal Star is, is what it comes down to. So just bear with us for next couple. It'll months, for months. sure be entirely smooth and not without kinks. Yeah, as, as the last, as the previous 200 episodes have, have yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, kind of fun. We got, 
we got off topic there. Let's let's talk some running backs. I guess just your thoughts. I guess, and again, you only see so much in these practices, but just what you've seen uh, in these workouts, what you've heard from coaches, from players. How do you guys kind of see the running back race shaping up as we enter the the two weeks? Go ahead, fire away, Parker. I'll I'll add in. Yeah, I think I'm, I think you know on Wednesday. So yesterday, as we're recording this, we we're we we're over there for a half hour early in practice and. There, we're going to talk more as sort of like the midpoint um, breakdown of where Nebraska's at. Part of the story at this point is who's not involved in that, a couple of tight ends and, and, and Turner Corkin. We're going to talk about that a little later in the podcast. But one of the most interesting sites, I thought, of, of practice was the first time. And it was just it was just walkthrough, right? It wasn't it wasn't live. It wasn't one offense versus one defense. But the first time the number one offense lined up on the first snap of a walkthrough period early in practice, Savion Morrison was the running back um, with that group. I just thought that was an interesting sight. And it, I think it's pretty clear that he and Irvin and, and, and Marquis Stepp, the three guys that we talked to yesterday, are the three best candidates for the starting role. Now, there's one more. We're not sure who that is out of Jacquez Yant, Ramir Johnson, and Marvin Scott. Um, held so they're down to four. Those are the other three guys that are on scholarship. Um, but I just think I'm really I'm interested in all three of them for obvious reasons because they're three that are in contention. Um, but because they each have sort of taken an interesting route to this spot. Gabe Irvin's is the shortest. He just got to campus in January, uh, or the smoothest, I guess you would say. He just got to campus in January. He impressed from the day he got here. He was he turned heads in the spring. Um, he has the build of sort of an every down back. He's a little bit slighter than Marquis Step, but simple. I mean, you saw him yesterday. He's not slight. Uh, Gabe Irvin. Irvin. No, <laughs> listed six foot two fifteen. Probably yeah. bigger than that now. Since he yeah, got he him. seems bigger. Yeah. And then if and he then, walked into scooters, if he walked into scooters, and you said, you know, if Gabe Irvin walked in here, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known who he was. You said he's an inside linebacker. I, I would have just nodded my head and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that makes, makes sense." Go ahead. Yeah, so he, no, no, no. So he, so he's just kind of come in and and turned heads and made an impression right away. Marquis Step was in the process of doing that, except for then he got hurt the second day of spring ball. He's had foot injuries over his three seasons at USC, uh, and then bounced back from it quicker, I think, than the coaching staff was expecting, and has put together by all accounts a solid preseason camp here over the last two weeks. Um, and then Savion Morrison, I, in some ways, I almost want to say he's he's the most interesting storyline of the three, because last year, I mean, he was highly touted when he came in. He was a top 250 type recruit, four star guy, uh, broke Spencer Tillman's record uh, at at in high school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, rushed for 5000 yards. Uh, and it's just not in one season. Yeah, not in one season, but as, as in, in his career in Oklahoma. And it's a and then he, you know, he wasn't in great shape. Ryan Held and Matt Lubick talked about him sort of like having to get his off-field habits just in terms of diet uh and sleep in sort of under control. Uh and he's come back, he got in really good shape this summer, and he's come back this camp. Um, and he's putting a best foot forward and making a charge toward the starting job. So it's a it's a race that's full of unknowns, and I don't want our listeners, I think our listeners are pretty smart, I don't want them to conflate it being fascinating 
with a lot of there being a lot of hype. Like, I don't know how good any of them are going to be. Maybe they'll all be really Hard to good. know. Maybe, maybe they'll all know. be mediocre. Who knows? We'll find that part out. But I just think the race itself is very interesting with the guys that are involved. Yeah, I think they've done a good job of uh, – it looked – I mean, I, I – okay. I like that they filled the room with bigger guys. I, I like that right away. Now, not that Savion Morrison's all that big. Uh, he's he's the definitely the thinner of the three. Yeah, but he's but, six foot and two – I mean, he's listed at yeah, six he's not small. Ten, so yeah, not that's small. your small running back, that's all right. Hey, what did he – He it was sort of interesting what he said about – the sleep aspect. He said he feels like a whole new person since he started going to bed at nine 30 instead of staying up all night playing video games. God, I should try that. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's an, inter- it was interesting to listen to him. It is a very common sense discussion, but he said it was, I mean, he characterized his life changing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very up, interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. He gets up out of bed and feels way better. He feels ready for the day instead of just kind of sleepwalking into the day. Uh, young dad, Chris Basnett can understand that. Yeah, certainly. It's, um, it's interesting, too, because one of the things he said, the other thing I thought that he, he said that was really interesting, well, one, he said he noticed the change so quickly when he started going to bed earlier that it was easy for him to follow through and continue doing that because he saw the results, like, almost immediately. And then the other thing is – that was really interesting. He said that he, he, he really, Ryan held was pretty straightforward with him about what he needed to do. You need to get in shape. You need to get your body right. And getting your body right is going to help you keep from getting injured, you know, being healthy, sleeping a lot, eating right is injury prevention in its own right, as well as development. And so he said that Ryan held showed him, the transformation that Divine Azigbo made when Azigbo committed to changing his body and the results that followed on the field. And Sevian Morrison yesterday was like, I saw that and I recognized that Coach Held was asking me to do the same thing he asked Divine to do. And I was like, well, if that guy got those results, I can do the same thing. So it just seems, you know, I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, people, they, you go on a diet or you, you get in a good habit or whatever. And it's one thing to be excited about it and do it for a while. And it's another thing to turn it into what you do every single day, month after month, year after year. But he sounded like a kid who had figured out something about what it takes to be a good college football player. And now we'll just see how far he can take it. So we say, are we saying the fourth guy you think is Marvin? Did you say you think it's Marvin Scott? I, I would I would lean that way just because I thought he had a nice spring. You know, he was available a lot in the spring and not a lot of guys were. He rushed for 80 yards in the spring game. I know Ryan Held was complimentary of the work he'd done speed-wise over the summer. But I also don't know that you can discount number four being uh, big number zero, Jacquez Yant, in sort of the short yardage goal line, maybe more of like a role or package player than those other three. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I, I don't even know that I have, I, maybe you have a better feel for it. Simple. I don't know that I have a great guess as to what even they think, have in mind for the fourth guy. I think this is a, um, it's an important discussion because it, I don't know. I, like what Marquis Depp said yesterday about USC's offense being flamboyant and for 
prima. Th- I don't know. He said fl- he said it was a flamboyant offense for what? Uh, for uh, what did he say? Did you, were you there? Well, he was he was uh, comparing I, I it to. Sorry, yeah, Parker. Go ahead. No, go go ahead, Baz. He was com- he was he was asked to compare Nebraska's offense to USC's offense, and he said, and I need to go back and listen to. He, he said Nebraska's offense was grittier. Um, he said that it was more run oriented, um, yeah. more power. He said, he said and, I he quote, said, and I quote, they're trying to get that shit going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Yes. Yeah, so, so isn't that significant? Yeah. Yeah. And look at what they did against Rutgers last year. They, they got that shit going downhill <laughs> and they piled up 620 yards off. And so you wonder if there's maybe a shift towards more of that. That's what I, that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I, I wonder if there's a Sunday column in there, that is this, is this is there a transformation going on over there that I'm not fully aware of? Or is that, are you, or did you guys just figure that was happening? I didn't necessarily figure that, but it makes sense, right? Like they've got, they've got some experience back on the offensive line, even though it's young guys, you've got a, a big, strong quarterback. Who you need to keep healthy because you don't have a lot of de- proven depth behind him. You've got what looks like decent depth, at running back, you've got what looks like receivers that can block for you. I thought I think and you've got a defense. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, it looks like you might have two tight ends, maybe that that can do a lot of stuff for you. But so, and you've got a defense that can hold up in the West, right? I mean, yes, so that yes. you think a defense that can go toe to toe with this t- style of offense is more or less that you're going to see in the Big Ten West. That the evidence is pointing towards Nebraska shifting that way or, the, or pointing towards the fact that it would not be a surprise if Nebraska shifted that way. Well, the, the other piece of evidence is Frost is, is, I mean, talking about the running back position, he said he wants a defined work, you know, guy who can carry a heavy load. I mean, he has said it publicly. So if I were to write something, I'd just say, look at what Frost said, look what step said, look at the personnel. Is there, I think there's a shift going on. Which people I think would would love if that's the case, and I th- but I think the question is will, will would Frost commit to it? Would he stay with it? You know that's the question. Because think about it, guys. What happened against Minnesota last year? It was a it was a game that was set up for a downhill running game, and they didn't do it. Just didn't do it at all. Yeah, he just decided against it. And it so, wasn't in the plan. I mean, yeah, they remember that week, Sipple. I mean, he said after the game essentially that their game plan was to try to throw it all over him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't he didn't back off. Right. He he didn't back off on the fact he had the wrong game plan. It was he was it was it was interesting to me how how passionately he defended a bad game plan. I mean, it it wasn't a good game plan. He, I think right. Frost would tell you that today. It was a bad game plan. Yeah. They were down. Remember they 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 brought with them Minnesota how many? I think they brought four defensive linemen. Yeah, they had thirty-three players out. Yeah, why wouldn't you just try to bulldoze them? I know it's hindsight. It's 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 sort of chicken shit for me to do that because it's 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 really hindsight. But it wasn't really yeah. hindsight during the season, though. No, no. I mean, I don't think there was a language. There weren't a lot of people. There weren't a lot of people at halftime of that game, you know, watching on TV or sitting in the press box or, you know, whatever, listening on the radio saying, Oh, I know why they're throwing it all over the place today. Why they're not running. Of course. No, they're right. You know, I mean, it's sure it's hindsight. It's easy to say now, 
but you said it that day too. So I think it's fair. So anyway, anyway, that all, that, that, uh, that all points to maybe a trans, a bit of a shift in the way they approach their offense. Yeah. And what, what a part of that shift too, and we, we touched on this is what they might do or not do with the tight ends on the roster. And that's suddenly become a, pretty big question mark for this team uh, at, the, at the most recent open practice this week. Austin Allen didn't participate. Travis Volkolek wasn't there. Um, so that's that's two guys that have been praised pretty heavily for several weeks now by this coaching staff and two guys that have been talked about as key parts of this, of what Nebraska is going to have going forward. So now I don't, I don't know if you call it concerns or, or worries, yeah. but there's certainly no, some I question concerns. marks. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly trending towards concern if it isn't there already. But it's it's something that's it's going to become a and maybe we'll hear more from Scott Frost tomorrow morning when he speaks with the media. But it's it's certainly something that that needs to be addressed here soon. Parker, Parker what would you say right now about Travis Vocalek's injury situation? Well, just I think the the biggest thing for me on that is we don't know exactly you know what the extent of it is, um, but. One telltale sign I thought yesterday in the open practice was that a freshman walk-on, Evan Meyersick, was going through the acclimation period. He was just in helmets and shoulder pads, not in full pads like the rest. But that means they took a tight end. I mean, he plays tight end. They took a tight end off the camp roster and put one up. So if you're taking it, if you're taking a guy off the camp roster, you're probably not expecting him to be. You're not expecting him to be back in camp. So between the two, I think Vokalek is the, is the the better candidate for a guy that they're expecting to miss some time. Now we'll see, you know, that's reading tea leaves a little bit. That's not saying categorically, Hey, he's out, you know, four weeks or six weeks or or whatever. We'll see what Scott Frost is, is willing to say about Travis Vokalek's situation uh, tomorrow when he talks, but the fact that they elevated somebody. So for people that don't know, Nebraska has 116 players on its camp roster. It's normally 110, but you've got the six-year guys back, so it's 116. You, the the guys that are not on the camp roster, they can't participate until school starts. So, but they're around. They went through summer workouts and all that. So when somebody gets hurt, if they're going to miss extensive time, Nebraska can you can move someone off the camp roster because of an injury and elevate someone onto the camp roster to take his place. The simple fact that, I mean, they need bodies at tight end. Austin Allen and Travis Volkleck weren't there on Wednesday. Thomas Fedoni's been out, obviously, towards ACL in April. Um, there was another guy, Nate Borkircher from Aurora, was out uh, yesterday. Um, so, but simply speaking, the fact that they elevated uh, a walk-on to the camp roster at tight end, the tea leaves tell you that both Travis Volkleck most likely between the two um, they're, they're expecting him to miss at least, I mean, more than a few days, like they're expecting him to miss a considerable amount of time. And why do I say it's concerning? Cause Vokalek is at, well, first of all, that's, they regarded tied in as a, a position of strength. If not it, well, I would just say it's their strongest position on offense. Yeah. And now if you remove one of them and Vokalek's one of them, if Vokalek's the one, he's one of the best blockers on the team. In fact, they joke with him all the time that he's a right tackle. Um, he's not, he's a good tight end and he can catch the ball, but he's a very good blocker. So yeah. And Austin Allen's one of the best players on the team period. 
So it, it, it is uh, it is definitely a situation to really watch closely because it would, also, affect the, it would affect the conversation we just had too, by the way. Yeah, it would. Um, and, and you can put Turner Corcoran in that conversation too, Sipple. I mean, the yeah. Nebraska's freshman left tackle who's been limited. He was at practice. Unlike Austin Allen and Travis Vogel, like he was at practice. But he wasn't doing – he was doing individual work on the side, had his pads on. But, again, you want to talk about telltale signs. He didn't warm up with the team. He didn't take any of the team reps even in the walkthrough period. And unlike every other offensive lineman at practice, he didn't have his ankles taped and he didn't have knee braces on. So he's just doing really light work. Um, and that's a – when you talk about Corcoran and the two tight ends, you're talking about three-fourths of the players that play on the edge, on the line of scrimmage, on the edge for the offense. You know, you're talking about but, but those three and then Bryce Bennett, the right tackle – are the keys to running anything from mid zone and out. Like obviously guards and centers are important too. Um, but you know, you're talking about guys who you're, who you're planning on setting the edge, who you're planning on, uh, you know, handling a lot of the blocking work in the run game. And then it's not like, I don't, I don't, I think it's concerning. Obviously I don't think it's time to panic and they don't play for 16 days. That's time. You know, even a four week injury, you know, you're talking about half the distance um, between not four weeks from now, there's no games. So like, it's better than it happening October 1st, obviously. Yes. Uh, but it's concerning in part because uh, that's a pretty good part of the engine block right there. You know, the, those two positions are, you know, that's not the, uh, those aren't the flame decals on the side of the sports car. Like that's, that's the engine, you know, that's the yeah. important. I like flame decals, but you're right. And then maybe it goes without saying, but Turner Corcoran's a red shirt freshman. Yeah. He's and a true he, freshman. Is, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a true freshman. Yeah. Technically a true freshman. And I don't, you know, I mean, August is a, a, a critical time. The first part of August is a critical time for development for sure. And he's just been, a critical time in his life um, in terms of player development was kind of taken away. So uh, yeah, it's not, and I don't, I don't think those things are small. I mean, I used to kind of gloss over those, but they just don't, there's just not that much time for kids to get better. And when, when it's wiped away like that, at such a critical time. It's not anything to take lightly in my opinion. Well, and you're talking about a kid that saw his, his first season here, you have some pretty serious interruptions too with COVID and you talk about yeah. development time, you know, and, and you think, well, okay, it's back normal this fall. I'm going to be able to develop and get coached. And then now he's not, now he's off to the side. So yeah, it, it's kind of a double whammy there. Sip with what you were talking about. Yeah. And this and is a kid, by the way, Parker, who'd he turn down besides Oklahoma? He came to Nebraska as a high, he's very highly recruited. Yeah. Oklahoma and Ohio state, I think were the two uh, hello. contenders. Yeah. 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 Besides Nebraska. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Turner Corcoran, any other uh, offensive line curiosities you guys want to discuss? Yeah. Anything you've seen? Yeah, a lot of curiosities. I mean, well, let's let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, you you have a new, probably a new right. Well, you're probably you're going to have a new starting right guard, Matt Seekerman, which is you know that's an unknown. Ethan Piper is a young player at the other guard position that has to you know needs needs to make improvement. Left tackle now, you don't know. I mean, Parker, you're saying Brant Banks might move into that if, if, if need be. 
Yeah, interestingly, like in the spring, it was uh, Nori Noelli was sort of like the second line. But that was, I think that was in part because Brant Banks and Matt Sichterman were really battling for the right guard job. So if we pencil Sichterman in as the right guard, that frees up Brant Banks, who's a redshirt freshman who they like a lot, um, to sort of be the swing tackle. So yesterday at practice, Wednesday at practice, Banks was first up with the number one offensive line at left tackle. And then Newelli also got some first team run. So those are your two, those are your two options at left tackle in the event that Turner Corcoran, you know, misses any game time. That that seems like the pecking order there. Wait, we are in the middle of camp talk. That's right. We're deep, we're deep in it. Yeah. Those those we're things up. are all very important. We're stepping right in. We're stepping right in some camp talk. Yeah. High stepping. High stepping into the end of camp at, talk. At the end of a backup quarterback. I don't have any kind of handle on how those backup quarterbacks are progressing because we don't see practice, but I do know this. My God, Heinrich Harburg is a sight. I mean, that's a, that's a big man walking up there in front that's of a big fella. True freshman. Carved out of granite. How, how that? Yeah, that's just a. He's a physical freak. Bar- Mario yesterday. Mario um, made this made this comparison. He, he was talking about how different sized quarterbacks have to generate velocity, have to find ways to be good in different ways, right? And he said, he said, think about it this way: John Elway was always going to have more natural velocity on the ball than Joe Montana was because John Elway was a big dude. And Montana wasn't really. And so, and Sam McEwen from the World Herald said, so in this example, Heinrich Harburg is John Elway, right? Which if you would have just walked into the conversation, you'd have been like, what the hell is going on? But it did make sense. <laughs> and, uh, and Mario smiled and he was not going to put those two in the same sentence. Uh, but he said, he said, Heinrich's a big dog now. So, and that's the, I mean, that's true. You know, he walks in the room. Yeah, he could also said he's, Ryan Leaf was a big quarterback too. And he throw 36 picks against 14 touchdowns. You sure he didn't throw 72 Uh, touchdowns? What's that? No, he he didn't. 72 touchdowns? That was my guess on shut up, simple. Yeah, Ryan Leaf threw threw 14 touchdown passes and 36 picks. I'm not picking on him. That's just no, that's not just. Well, he didn't do that at Washington State though. Like he's no, in the NFL. Like we don't need Henry Carberg to be thrown in a, against NFL defenses right now. He needs right. to be able to throw against college. No, I got but, you. Yeah, point taken. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it, it so is he, interesting. I, the the physical tool set simple is really compelling with Harburg. And again, oh, like I say, that doesn't mean it's going to turn into anything necessarily. But they just sort of drool over the possibility. And there's there's work to be done, obviously. But you heard Frost. I mean, it's a continuation of what Scott said in the spring that they weren't going to really mess with his throwing motion much because the arm talent is special um, and that they're just going to sort of let him develop. And then over the summer, uh, I, I caught up with Mario at one point over the summer, and he said he put on 18 pounds since he'd been on campus. Harburg, that is, not Mario. Um, and so that would put him at 6'5 and 210 or something like that. Produsco yesterday – sort of intimated rough math that he'll end up somewhere in the six, five or six, six and two thirty neighborhood by the time he fills out a little bit. So definitely he's a big kid for sure. 
It was, and well, didn't Mario say this too? He said part of the reason they didn't pursue a, a quarterback out of the transfer portal because was because of the way Harburg developed over the summer and picked yep. up the offense. You know, that was a, probably a little bit of a concern over there, but he seemed to get here in January. Certainly helped him. He said that yesterday when he, when he was talking to us, he said, I, was, I could go over and pick Mario's brain because they weren't getting ready for the season. It was January. He'd go over, sit in Mario's office, go over offense, signals, whatever it was, and really learn the offense, then come into, into fall camp, spring ball and fall camamp and be maybe more prepared than obviously he would have if he would have just shown up August 1st or whatever and been only, only been through 10, 11 practices already. So that, that's, that's part of it too. The thing about that to remember too is for as much as they believe in any player that they signed in that 2021 class, some of them like they never saw Heinrich Harburg throw the ball live until he got to campus because of COVID and because of the dead period. So spring ball – even more, it would have been anyways, but even more because of the COVID dead period was when they had to evaluate and they need to do this in a clear-eyed way, where is he at right now and can we get him to a point over the next few months where we don't need to take a transfer quarterback? And that's what they decided. You know, they saw enough. And the, and the part that, that Mario Verdisco followed that with yesterday was saying – he are, Frost already liked where Logan Smothers was. So the idea was they have two, uh, Martinez and Smothers, and then this spring they learned enough about the third guy in the room who could end up being the number two or the number three, but the third person in the room they learned enough about to say, okay, we feel good about this uh, going into the fall. It's, it still feels thin. I mean, if Adrian Martinez misses any time because of injury this year, it's going to get interesting really fast. Oh, you never know, though. I never like to sell kids short. I mean, maybe there's a star in one of those. Well, that's, you know? that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be. That would be. Yeah, I wasn't saying you were selling short, but I, I think we just everybody tends to do that because they're young. Um, I just hope they're not thinking that way. I hope they're thinking like, yeah, well, if he gets hurt, maybe we'll be better. You know, yeah. um, that's the, that's the way they got to think. Yeah, it's funny because Harburg, you know, people say that about Harburg like, oh, well. You know, he he's three years or whatever. You know, you say that, but like, I don't know. Adrian Martinez didn't play his senior year because he had reconstructive right. shoulder surgery. And then yep. he got here in January and won a starting job. So who's to say that like one of those guys that it's not it shouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility that one of those two is ready to step in and run the show if if Martinez misses time for whatever. Yeah, reason. like like remember how Graham Mertz Graham Mertz kind of set the world on fire against Illinois. I mean, maybe you'd see something like remember that yeah. last year. What was he from? What was he completion percentage? Well, he completed his first like eighteen or nineteen, didn't he, or right. some insane number? Yeah, right. against five Illinois. touchdown passes. Right, and no, he didn't have imagine that. If kind of Harburg, imagine if Henrik Harburg came in and did that against like. You know, Minnesota. Against Illinois the first week of the season. Yeah, against Illinois the first game. That wouldn't cause any stir around here. My God. Can you imagine? <laughs> We'd be doing emergency podcasts every day. Well, remember remember at Oregon, I mean, the guy that <laughs> – Yeah, we would. That would be an emer- a daily emergency. <laughs> we don't, do we do emergency podcasts, by the way? We, we never have start. Done, we've never done one, but we'd start. Yeah, that would be a reason to start. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that sometimes – you, you know, the comparison, the natural comparison to Harburg with the late evaluation and the local ties and the big arm and the athleticism at six, five and the, and Frost doing the evaluating, like 
all of those things are a lot like what led Justin Herbert to Oregon. And again, it's not fair to, you're not talking about outcomes. You're talking about the starting point. The starting point looks very similar. And I mean, Justin Herbert started his freshman year sixth on the depth chart at Oregon. Wow. Like when the season started, he was sixth. Wow. And he ended up starting games for that team by the end of the year because of a combination of injuries and performance. So you never know what's going to happen, especially at quarterback. No, can you guys hear, is there a lot of ruckus in the background? No. Do you hear the blender at all? Oh, yeah, I can Very, hear the blender now. Yeah, we can hear the blender, but it's not bad. What'd you order, smoothie? No, I got a mocha. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I haven't got this down yet. Um, I like the cappuccino, the French vanilla sugar-free cappuccino at McDonald's. Hot. But I haven't – I just haven't – I, I got to get on to something here. The mocha is just okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys a confession right now. I've never ordered a drink from a coffee shop in my life. Never. Really? really? Not you a smoothie. Not a coffee. Never have gone into a coffee shop and ordered something and walked out with a drink in my hand. Really? How about that? 41 years coffee? old. Don't drink coffee. God. Don't drink coffee. Oh. <laughs> we're, uh, we're just saying simple. Uh, after the we had a little farewell get-together here at the newsroom um, for, for the building, and um, I was telling Baz he went to get a Mountain Dew, and I was telling him that his, his tagline, his, like, tagline just in life, but maybe on his Twitter profile, needs to be do or die. <laughs> like D-E-W or die. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Okay. I was just making sure. <laughs> like do like Mountain Dew, the soda. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. I don't want to talk hey. about the office. Very emotional. It's, yeah. It is very emotional. We're going to move on. Speaking of Mountain Dew and potential sponsorships, why don't we talk a little NIL to, to wrap yeah, this yeah, thing yeah. up? Uh, very interesting development out of BYU today. Um, a, I guess a, a protein bar, energy bar company in Utah uh, is going to pay tuition for all 36 of BYU's walk-on football players. And, and there is a video put out today kind of explaining how that would go. Kind of a kind of one of the first real big NIL-related things we've seen to, to a football program and what could potentially happen uh, with something like that. And it's, of course, going to be different in different states. BYU's tuition is not – astronomically high because of the involvement with the church uh, there, they can keep costs down. So it's, it's still obviously 36 tuitions you're paying for, but kind of a, an interesting step in the direction we might see NIL go uh, in the coming weeks, coming months, coming years. So Parker, think, people are going to wonder yeah. about Nebraska. They're going to wonder about Nebraska. What's the deal? Well, I think what, I mean, the thing that I keep thinking every time one of these, one of these things in the NIL realm comes into the news in a different way, shape or form like this, or like the guy at Miami, who's just given every player on the team five grand a year. Like yeah. every time something like that happens, the thing that I keep thinking is every other school in the country, somebody in the, the walls at every other school is thinking, Oh man, we don't have that. Right. You know, like it's, and, and so every time there's a creative iteration on a deal like this one or um, like somebody getting a truck or like just giving five grand to all 105 players on the team or whatever, around the country, the response is like, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about that? And if you don't find that same thing or some, the equivalent of it in some way, 
now someone else has something you don't have, which is like the thing that college coaches, that's why there's been a facilities arms race for 20 years because nobody wants to be the program that doesn't have something that other programs have. So I think for Nebraska, you know, the, the one thing we haven't really seen is we haven't seen a lot of big sort of headline grabbing deals. And we haven't seen deals like that's every walk on at BYU. The thing at Miami is every player on Miami's team. And outside of maybe a, maybe something in the works with the offensive line and a restaurant in town, there hasn't been much of that here. There hasn't been much of that here. So one of the things I'm curious about going into the future is, and Nebraska's coaches aren't allowed to facilitate, you know, the university can't facilitate deals, which makes the group thing, you know, every player on the team, every player on the defense, guys that are in a black shirt, the quarterbacks, the offensive line, the defensive line, it makes those sort of like group type deals harder to come by um, because that's not just a company. It's, it's going to be rare that a company is going to call up and say, Hey, I just, I'm going to volunteer to do this for 150 players or for 70 players or whatever it is. So I think that's something, I know it's something that they're working on over there, but it's definitely, it's definitely something I think you'll see continue to develop. In, not hey, only hey, in Nebraska, so we have to explain something to the people. So you, you meant you glossed over it, but the university cannot set up a deal like that. Right. Yeah. No, they cannot. The, so we, I mean, obviously the coaches can't, but the university can't. Right. It would have to be a, an outlet that, that has ties to the university that could do it. But those entities aren't, I don't know, they're, they're not, they're not even created. Right. 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 Not yet. I mean, you exactly. could have a, exactly. You know, could, not yet. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could have a, you could have an agent, you know, like if, um, I'm just using a random example. Like if Cam Jurgens had an agent, a marketing agency, he could say, look, I want you to go find me a, a big deal with a car dealership for me and all the boys in the offensive line. And that would be something that you could like, if you had, you, you'd have to hire someone to proactively go find that deal. I mean, and they get a cut and they get a cut. Obviously. Yeah. Size that's cut. not, it, it would take an awful lot of creativity for a local business to just get the idea in their head of, Hey, what if we gave, uh, you know, what if we gave the secondary, um, you know, some sort of, I don't even know what it would be, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, a deal that's about what a targeted group of players or every men's basketball player or something like that. It's just, it's going to have to be something that comes from the player end. the player end just can't be, I don't think, I don't think I'd say Nebraska is starting to fall behind quite yet, but I would, if I were a Nebraska, like if I were Scott Frost, I, my tentacles would be up right now. You don't want to far fall too far behind. They have the deal. Nebraska has the deal with open doors, but the way it's been characterized to me is that's one track. That's the social media track. This, this is an example of – this isn't a social media track at all, what's right. happening at BYU. That's just a bus- – that's a business. Yeah, 100%. And there's, there's about five or six tracks that you can run on in this. Nebraska's got to get to running on some more tracks now. Well, and 
you said not not fall behind. What's the thing that Nebraska is pumped about this from the beginning? We're on the cutting edge. We're at, we're out ahead of everybody. We're the innovators. Well, now I don't know. Are you? Are you? Yeah. After you see what's happening at BYU, are you really that Miami? Miami, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't know what Wisconsin's doing. Parker, O line. Is there some? Oh, yeah, their O line. Yeah. yeah, Graham Mertz got their offensive line some sort of deal. I, I don't know much about it though. At like a barbecue restaurant or something. Yeah, that's like right. That. But still, that's right. Still. Oh, yeah. um, my boys! It's budget meeting time here. Yeah, time for us to wrap it up at the, at the newsroom. So. I got a I got a bolt here from the comments. Yep. Thanks all for tuning in. Uh, that's episode two hundred one. We'll talk to you guys from another remote location next week. Thanks for tuning in.